The Christian Atheist is also available on YouTube, and you will find other great content, including the literature I frequently refer to, on our Simple Gifts podcast. If you find our content helpful, consider supporting us through PayPal at romanschapter5 at comcast.net. Welcome to The Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number 28, What is an Atheist? Part 1. As so often happens to me, an atheist critic of our last podcast asserted that I was straw-manning the atheist position by calling it a worldview. There is some justice in this critique. That there may not be a God, even the assertion that there is no God, may not be by itself a worldview. However, no one position ever constitutes all by itself a worldview as a worldview is by definition a complex of ideally interrelated views. Philosophy traditionally has three big questions that it asks. What is the nature of reality? We call this metaphysics. What is knowledge, or how do we know? We call this epistemology. What is value and right and wrong? We call this axiology, or value theory, and ethics. What we think about any one of the big questions affects how we must think of the others. Belief in God, or a lack thereof, would be an issue of metaphysics for philosophy. And how we answer that question has ramifications for all the other questions we ask and answer in relation to our worldview. There are also the additional difficulties in parsing out exactly what we mean when we claim atheism. Does it, for instance, equate to the assertion of naturalism or materialism? That is, that only the natural or material exist, and that, therefore, everything must be understood in terms of these, or else explained away? Or is atheism simply the denial of the assertion that there is a God, that there is insufficient evidence for the existence of a supreme being, or that God is personal? There are innumerable other ways to discuss the nature of atheism as it relates to theism. I must, for a moment, pause and complain a bit. My apologies, as I do not generally like to complain, being the happy-go-lucky, as my wife might express it, sort of cove that I am. However, since I've become the Christian atheist, my estimation of atheists though not necessarily of atheism, has taken a distinct downward turn as I've tried to reason with them from the Christian perspective. While I am the first to admit that Christians do indeed straw man atheism in order to advance their positions, I have been repeatedly accused of this fallacy while trying scrupulously to avoid it over the last two years. I have taught logic and critical thinking at the university level for about 20 years now, and I know that the straw man fallacy is an informal fallacy, and therefore its boundaries are somewhat fuzzy in comparison to formal logical fallacies. Yet it appears to me that every critique that is made of atheism, no matter how carefully crafted, is labeled by one atheist critic or another as straw manning. Having been an atheist myself for 25 years, and having a pretty clear understanding of what it meant for me to be an atheist, I have come to the conclusion 
that many atheists either don't understand atheism, don't understand the straw man fallacy, and or that they want to avoid facing critical scrutiny, whether consciously or unconsciously, by constantly changing the definition of atheism in order to avoid facing its problems. One way in which this avoidance is accomplished is by constantly screaming, straw man, releasing them from confronting that criticism. I am undertaking this series on the definition of atheism on the Christian Atheist podcast to try to come to some sort of stable consensus on what it means to be an atheist that we can all agree to so that we can have a serious discussion of the topic. Now, straw manning atheism is one of the things I want most not to do in the Christian atheist. I want to engage with the most robust and powerful arguments that atheism can muster, not a weakened version. I want to engage the atheist position itself in its strongest form, so that when the Christian case triumphs, it won't be over a weakened competitor. At present, I view atheism and theism as two faith choices, both of which are rational. As I am a Christian, I think the theist side is the better, the more rational position. So I try to lay out my case, and I seriously want to confront, in complete honesty, the difficulties of the Christian position, not to run from them. I don't think they are trivial. Admittedly, like atheism, Christianity has multiple versions and understandings. So I try to maintain a Christian view that C.S. Lewis termed mere Christianity, the basic historical fundamentals of the faith. I would love to find a definition that we might term mere atheism, as arguing with atheists often feels like I am arguing against multiple opponents, standing upon shifting ground, even when there is only one person making the claims. Although I am suspicious, that the shifting definition of atheism is strategic, really an attempt by atheists to avoid some of the thorny problems that atheism faces, I do assert that we need a clarification of terms. Maybe I should say a stabilization in order to make progress. My position as an atheist was to assert that there is no God. I understood this as a metaphysical assertion. And I came to understand it as a faith position in its own right, as my philosophical understanding matured. I understood agnosticism to be a middle ground between faith in God and the assertion that God exists, and atheism, the assertion that he does not. Agnosticism is the refusal to take a position on God's existence. While I still consider this the proper understanding of the terms, given their historical usage and etymological development, I think it is useful to examine some of the complaints my understanding and explication have called forth from listeners and the explanations that atheists give of their own positions. Christopher Hitchens, in the same debate with William Lane Craig at Biola University that was the basis for the Christian Atheist Podcast number 27, the strongest of all arguments for atheism, says this when accusing Craig and other Christians of misrepresenting atheism. 
It's often said. It was said tonight that atheists think they can prove the non-existence of God. This, in fact, very slightly but crucially misrepresents what we've always said. Here's what we argue. We argue quite simply that there's no plausible or convincing reason, certainly no evidential one, to believe that there is such an entity, and that all observable phenomena are explicable without the hypothesis. Hitchens' complaint here, I believe, is echoed by one of my listeners in a comment. Atheism doesn't deny the existence of the supernatural. That would be a straw man. Definition of the atheist? A person who disbelieves or lacks belief in the existence of God or gods. I take these responses as offering two different definitions for atheism, both of which are strategic retreats from the assertion that there is no God. The first, by Hitchens, asserts that atheism is the claim that there is no good reason and no evidentiary basis for a belief in God or gods. The second is the claim that atheism is a lack of belief in a god or gods. I don't believe that atheists and Christians would quibble and hair-split over the definition of theism in the same manner. For theist and atheist alike, theism is the assertion that a god, gods, or the supernatural exist. There is still, of course, some ambiguity in the idea of an assertion. As an assertion can be thought of as a statement of knowledge, of fact, or as a belief. Historic Christianity, though, takes a clear position on the question of belief versus knowledge in its creeds. Thus, the Nicene Creed says, We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God. And from the Apostles' Creed, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Indeed, the term creed is from the Latin credo, I believe. Belief, both historically and scripturally, is the essence of the epistemological attitude toward God, not knowledge. Theism, at least in its Christian incarnation, is, then, explicitly, admittedly, and undeniably a matter of faith. When I reversed my own theistic stance to become an atheist, I wanted to believe that faith was the province of religion, that science and rationality, which I arrogantly assumed belonged to atheism, my new position, whatever it might be, was not faith. I think that this attitude sits at the core of much of today's atheism and explains why it is so difficult to define it, to stabilize its meaning. No self-respecting atheist today wants to be accused of faith in anything. Here is what I think is happening.
It is useful to the atheist position to be able to slip back and forth between different meanings for atheism. Following the objections I've called over the last two years, it appears to me that there are three ways to define the atheist position. 1. Atheism asserts there is no God. 2. Atheism asserts there is no good reason to believe there is a God. And 3. Atheism is a lack of belief in God. In this episode, we will address the first of these proposed definitions. When I assert that atheism is the first of these options, the assertion that God does not exist, the one to which I myself subscribed when I was an atheist, atheists object that I am strawmanning their position. Let's understand why. There are two senses in which the claim, there is no God, can be taken. It can be asserted as a fact. In that sense, we are claiming that we know something true about reality. Or, in the second sense, we can be saying something about what we believe to be true about reality. The first of these understandings of the claim is the stronger of the two, right? As an atheist, I asserted the non-existence of God in the stronger sense when I first turned to atheism. And I thought that this is what atheism stood for. But asserting the non-existence of God as a fact of this sort is as big a claim as asserting his existence. And, as Christopher Hitchens correctly says, extraordinary claims require truly extraordinary evidence. This is why atheists do not want to be saddled to the stronger claim. If they make that claim, the burden of proof falls on them. And one of their favorite arguments against theism turns its teeth against them. Hence, the strategic retreat from this definition, as evidenced in the quotes above from Christopher Hitchens and my listener. Sadly, though, this leaves them with the second possible meaning of the term, that they do not believe that God exists. This understanding, too, however, is repulsive to them, as they do not believe, ha, that atheism is a belief. Faith is something those silly Christians do. They consider themselves scientific evidentialists, free from such crude superstitions as faith. We see, then, why atheists recoil from defining atheism as the claim that God does not exist. Neither way of understanding the claim that God does not exist is free from problems for them. However, when I display problems with the other proposed definitions that they give as alternatives to this definition, I find that they retreat back to this claim. And so we go, round and round, without their ever acknowledging that any of their definitions has failed, or that they even have multiple definitions. And all the while they scream, straw man, as a magical invocation proving the whole thing is my fault. Next episode, we will examine definition number two for atheism, that atheism asserts there is no good reason to believe there is a God. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. 
I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.